0: Good to be in the presence of Jesus, isn't it? Amen. Take your Bible and turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I don't do very well when someone asks me, what is your favorite of anything? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite game? Because then I have to rank everything and that's going to take more time than what you want to listen to. And so I do better if you say, well, what's one of the top five movies you've, you really like? Or what's one of the top five games you played? Or something like this. I do a little bit better at that. Uh, but in, in my house, uh, I have a wonderful helpmate who loves the word best. Everything is the best day ever in my house. And, and living with my wife is the best thing in the world. Every day. But as I was praying about this morning, what the Lord had put on my heart, this came across my mind through my wife's tone of what would it be like if you had the best year ever? Okay, if you have my personality, okay, like in the top five years of your life, if you struggle with the best and most, but, but what would it look like to have the best 2016 ever? Ever, 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 ever. I believe this passage of Scripture that we're going to look at in, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 24, we'll be there in a minute, Paul is, is trying to cry out to us what the best life ever would look like and what that happens. But as I was praying about what the Lord would put on my heart for today, I kept coming back to prayer. You know, Jesus started his ministry in prayer. We find in Luke chapter 3 verse 21 when all the people were being baptized and Jesus was baptized. And as he was praying, the heavens opened up. Holy Spirit came down and descended on him like a dove and and thus marked the start of this awesome ministry. He was praying. Many times Jesus would get away and he would pray. Right before a major transition he would be found praying. Or before a miracle you would find him praying. Over and over Jesus would get alone to pray. When you look at the the Pauline epistles or the, the letters that Paul had wrote to the church, we find that prayer was very important to him. In every one of Paul's letters he talks about prayer. Now I can't imagine a more busy or a more taxed follower of Jesus than Paul. Yet somehow he always found time to pray. In our own faith tradition, men like John Wesley and those who came after him, they weren't guilty of being fanatics or, or just trying to be superstitious when they said, by all things, big and small, we will pray. We will pray about everything. They committed all things to prayer, whether it was secular or religious, natural or spiritual, they committed all of them to God in prayer. To seek God as Paul did... To communicate with God as Paul did without ceasing, it shaped him into something. It's that kind of prayer that I, I want to talk about this morning. This prayer, a real true prayer, the prayer that Paul would pray and the prayer that Jesus would pray, it always engages our heart. It always absorbs us. This kind of praying, it's worth the tremendous cost it brings. It costs us something to pray like this. Now, there is prayer that doesn't cost much, and it's not worth much either. So I guess I better say from the beginning I'm, I'm not talking about prayer that is, is just a habit. I'm, I'm afraid that out of some, I think, well meaning good ideas that we would pray before we eat. Well, why do we pray before we eat? Well, I've been told you don't choke. Well, I. I... I think I could chew and maybe not choke Maybe it came from our faith tradition is as a reminder that as i'm fed physically i'm going to be fed by Talking to the lord and hearing and that's a good thing But i'm afraid that sometimes our prayer life is reduced to some phrases that I say as quickly as I can To to dive into the good food And I don't want to forget about it because then maybe it makes me not a very good nazarene or not a very good baptist Or not a very good christian or not a very good catholic or whatever it may be It's why I recite these things before I eat because it just kind of shows i'm religious This is exactly the kind of prayer that Paul was speaking against in through his ministry. This is not what it's about. It's about this heartfelt prayer. It's a life of prayer. It's very costly, but it's worth every penny. You see, Paul was a man of prayer. His high position in leading the church was not one of where he would lead from his his position of dignity or position to enjoy luxury. Paul led the church by being broken and spilled out before God in prayer. He went to his first great missionary journey through the power of prayer and fasting. And every other church he planted he did by the same power as well. Paul made prayer more than just a habit. It was a way of life for him. He literally gave himself to prayer. So for him, prayer was not like an outer shirt or coat that he would put on. It wasn't a top coat of paint or some kind of gloss that he would brush over everything else in his life. It was the very core of his life. For him, it was the substance of who he was. The bone, the marrow, the very being of himself. God is calling us. I believe, not just to start out 2016, it's interesting to me that our culture loves these starts. We get all obsessed with how to start 2016, or, you know, as a student I'd fill this at the beginning of the school year. I'd have to get a a package of new G2 blue ink pens that had to be brand new to start school because they need to be fresh. You learn better when you have new pens or new pencils. Even if I had, like, paper and leftover notebooks, I needed brand new ones. Fresh. One of you gave me a, a new calendar of the state parks for 2016. I looked at it. It was awesome. It blessed my heart because there was nothing on the calendar. There was no missed appointments. There was no double bookings. It was a perfect calendar. Nothing was on it. It was fresh. And in our culture, we're kind of addicted to to do-overs or start-over and fresh. I think it's some other problems we have about trying to be perfect. You know, I was playing a game on my phone over Christmas, and it was like a Yahtzee kind of game, and, and and I found that I could get a high score if I would just keep starting over until I had like all the perfect first start. I just would. Oh, I'm not going to keep playing this. I'm not going to keep playing this. And how many times do we live our life? If everything doesn't go perfect the way I want, I just have to quit and get, get, get over it and, and, and start again. But here, as we start on this brand new year, I think the Lord's saying to us, why do you wait to January to get serious about things. Why do you wait to January to turn over a new leaf? Every day is a fresh new day with me. And we'll see in just a couple moments. Every moment is a fresh new moment with me. I'm not hungering for you, the Lord says, to be perfect in and of yourself, but to be connected to the one who's perfect. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's look at what I think Paul would say, this, you could have the best life ever, the best year ever, is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at verse 16 through 24 with me. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. This is Paul's challenge to the church of Thessalonica. And in turn, it's his challenge to us today. Today. This instruction from Paul, then and now, is only possible by a life of prayer. The things he put in this paragraph here, it can only be accomplished, it can only be realized, you can only have this best year, best life ever, by praying continually. And that's one of the items in here, but but everything else is saturated by that. I want you to imagine, what would 2016 look like if you lived a life of prayer? And not like the, the, the cheap, costless prayer... the the habits of what we would say but but what if it was a pain of price and in living this life of prayer what would it look like i think paul would say hey a life of prayer it leads to some things like this first it leads to transformation from the inside out there's some things that take place if we live a life of prayer that changes us from the inside and it gets out on us and everyone around us could see it i don't know why what what Got into my thought pattern in november. I just decided to like not shave anymore till now I don't know what it was. It was a blessing to my wife and she's tolerating it And it wasn't really no shave november because it was a few weeks into that But but as I let my beard grow for whatever silly reason for the last few weeks I've noticed that as the beard is coming out. It's it's red And I didn't really remember having red hair. And I I talked to my mother over Christmas break. She said, oh, yeah, as a kid you had fiery red hair. I didn't realize that. And I said, I'm kind of scared to let it continue to grow. I don't know what else is going to come out. Is it going to be gray? I'm getting some here. It's just weird stuff. There's things inside of me that's growing out that I had no idea that was there. Paul is telling us when you live a life of prayer... You will change from the inside out. There will be things that happen inside of you. It will begin to come out in a good way. You will say, "That's not. I don't really remember that there. Is, is that the fruit of the Spirit coming out? Is that joy and love and peace and patience? Is that things of Jesus coming out in my life? It, it will get out on you. But sometimes we focus on the outside first, but it starts on the inside. This life of prayer, it leads to being transformed, changed from the inside, and it will grow out of you. Well, where, where do you get that? Where does that come from? Well, let's look at the text. Look at verse 16. Chapter 5, verse 16. Be joyful always. Really, Paul? Quit using hyperbole. Always, all the time, joyful. I mean, have you lived life at all? Hey, this was a guy who knew what shipwreck was like. He knew what prison was like. And when he said, be joyful always, he meant it. He was very literal in this. He called for every Christ follower to always be full of joy joy. Christian joy is not bound by circumstances or or hindered by difficulties. In fact, joy in the New Testament is often coupled with sorrow and suffering. This, from the inside out, is when things are going absolutely wrong in your life, the Lord can bring a joy, a supernatural joy that will come alongside the suffering, alongside the grief, alongside the sorrow, and there is hope there. Only possible by life connected to Jesus, continually in prayer all this is the john 15 stuff when he says abide in me and i'll abide in you stay close to me and i'll be close to you i will tell you all the things the father says to me this is implying conversation this is what it means to pray continually and a byproduct from the inside out is there is joy in the lord all the time this does not mean that you're always happy all the time it doesn't mean that you never get aggravated But it means as I continue to pray and the Lord recalibrates me as I look to him, as aggravating as the situation may be, as frustrating as that person next to you may be, Jesus is still worthy of praise and joy floods your heart. Being joyful always. We can find evidence of this in 2 Corinthians when it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul didn't say it once. He said it over and over and over and over and over all over the place. Be joyful always. Look at verse 17 with me. We see another transformation from the inside out. He hits the nail on the head about prayer. He says, pray continually. Pray continually. Breathe in and exhale the Spirit. Now... I think for, for a lot of us, we struggle with this idea of, of prayer and praying continually. This is not so much that you pray longer than 20 minutes, these great, long, grandioso prayers that rhyme and sound so religious and are worthy of being typed out and, and mass-produced across the world because your beautiful prayer you prayed. It's not your 20-minute-long your prayers. It's more like, what if you lived life where you'd never go longer than 20 minutes without whispering a prayer to the Lord? Now, I'm not downplaying prayer- at length there's times when you're inter- interceding to the lord and, and you're pointing out your heart to the lord and you lose track of time and you go where did it go it's just the time is just flying by but but paul is here not saying hey, hey could you get more hours logged in your spiritual time card this year he's saying hey try living every hour of the day talking to the lord praying continually See, are are we asking ourselves in times like this, well, how is my prayer life? I think that's the wrong question. We should ask ourselves, how can I have any life at all without prayer? It's not how is this one category of am I kind of sharp here spiritually, kind of get a couple new tricks and tips and cool things to do in prayer, and I'll just be like an extra good prayer. What if I said, you know what, I don't know if I can live any life in 2016 without prayer. At least four times throughout Paul's writings, he speaks about prayer without ceasing. So this isn't just some anomaly that took place. Paul is making a case for continual prayer. It's not a case for lack of action. He's not saying just sit back and do nothing. I think sometimes there there are certain personalities who feel like prayer is just doing nothing. That's, That's quite the opposite of what Paul is sharing to us. In fact, the more that you seek God the more you will be broken and spilled out before Him. And the more you do that, He will change you. And the more you are changed, He'll call you to even more radical obedience. So you want to have the most adventuresome 2016? Pray and be changed and watch Him call you to radical obedience. If you view prayer as this passive, mamsy, pamsy kind of a sport, you don't know the kind of prayer that Paul is talking about, the kind of prayer that Jesus modeled for us. If you want action, if you want to make an impact... If you want to see the power of God move, then you have to pray a life of prayer. Look at verse 18 with me. He goes on to show us what this transformation from the inside out could look like, giving thanks in all circumstances. Now this is a true transformation. This just doesn't happen. Psalm 34.1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. I quote this verse often in, in this last week. I quoted about every single day because I need a reminder. I will bless the Lord at all times. All times is, is pretty all-inclusive. It's all the time. His praise shall continually, that's pretty constant, like all the time, be on my lips. That's pretty personal. I can't outsource my praise to Carrie. I can't outsource it to Heidi. I can't outsource it to, to anybody else. What's been coming out of your mouth the last week? I don't mean like what you've been putting in, what you've been eating, or like if you got sick or threw up. That's kind of gross. I don't want to know about that. I mean the words that you're speaking. What is coming out of your mouth? Are you praising Him? Are you giving thanks in all circumstances? This is not being plastic and fake. This is not when you're out building the deck and you smack your thumb with the hammer and you go, Oh, it feels so good. No, it hurts. And you say, Ow, I don't want to do that again. But in the midst of that, you don't lose the ability to say, you know what, I just thank God that I actually have hands. I thank God that when I feel pain, I know I'm alive. I don't have to be fake about this. I don't have to conjure it up. But when He is doing something in me, continually recalibrating me, that's what continual prayer looks like. Well, let's let's move on together. Number two, a life of prayer leads to priority in protecting the flame. I think for many of us, the great danger in 2016 has very little to do with any political regime change that may or may not take place. In 2016, the greatest threat to us, I believe, is not what's going on in our world, though there's reason to be concerned about security issues and things going on around our world, I think the greatest threat that's very real to you and to me this year in 2016 is protecting the flame of the Holy Spirit in our life. Paul puts a very high priority on protecting the flame. Look at verse 19. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. This can happen in any heart, any heart, where the Holy Spirit is stifled. This happens by allowing thoughts and actions which are contrary to the character and the practices of God to run rampant The fire of the spirit is suppressed when he is rejected When his convicting power and righteousness and judgment is ignored or put off or delayed We douse the spirit's influence on our life by excessive doubt we drench the fire of the Holy Spirit through our anger. We drowned out His power through our immorality. Now don't misunderstand me. The Holy Spirit Himself cannot be snuffed out. You cannot affect the fire of God, but you very well can stifle the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. We quench the Spirit. We grieve Him when we do not reach for the fruit of the Spirit that He is giving to us freely over and over. Look at verse 20. Protecting the flame also looks like this. Do not treat the prophecies with contempt. Others have translated this verse. Your Bible may say, despise not the prophecies. This present tense verb is addressed to you, plural. Therefore, it's intended for the entire church, not just for one person. And the Greek word for despise or contempt is a very strong word. And it literally means to act as if that thing in question means nothing. So the most basic translation for us is, do not act like God's words mean nothing. Perhaps the main way we despise the prophecies today is that we neglect or ignore the Bible's message, not by not reading it, not by not listening to it, but by not obeying what it is we have received. My best guess is everyone in this room could do with a little bit more Bible. I don't know, maybe not, maybe you've had enough, but probably all of us could do do with some more bible in our life but i don't think that's our greatest problem though it could be a very big problem i think our greatest problem is the parts of scripture that we've already heard already received that we do not live in total obedience to and and here this is a a part of protecting the flame do not treat the prophecies the words from the lord as if they mean nothing don't treat them with contempt We must always treat the Word of God with reverence and authority. It doesn't mean that you just take your Bible and make sure it's the highest bookshelf on the highest place. I mean, I guess that's nice. This reverence and authority means I obey what it says. I'm going to do what the Word of God says. How do I protect the flame? Verse 21, test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. It's amazing to me how Satan gets this all twisted for us. We live in a culture that tries to hang on to every justification for every kind of evil thing. In this life of prayer, this is what it looks like. If you had the best life ever in 2016, Paul is saying this best life possible looks like this. And this only happens through a life of prayer. And when you're in constant communication with the Lord, he'll help you protect the flame and detest everything. Not just some things, everything. Is this leading me closer to Jesus or taking me away from Jesus? Is, is this in and of itself Christ-like or is this not like Christ? Not how much can I get away with. Not how far to the line can I get before I fall. Not what is always permissible. But as Paul says, let's focus on what is beneficial. How is it growing you in your life? And that's protecting the flame. And third and final Paul says, if you live this best year ever, a life of prayer, it will lead to letting go and letting God. Where do you get that? Brady, look at verse 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. After all these commands and instructions, Paul offered the hope and the possibility of living this extraordinary life. And it comes by this. May the God of peace, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. See, Christianity, this best life ever, this best year ever, is not by you gritting your teeth and working harder. I'm just going to do better. It's by letting go and saying, God, I'm going to let you through and through every part of my being take over in my life and bring about the change that you want. Now, here's the cool thing. Paul says, don't do this once. Don't do this twice. Don't do this annually. Don't just do this at the the, the start of the new year, the first Sunday in, of every new year, do the, he says, no. Every day. He says, continually, without ceasing, allow God to set you apart for his use and constant communication with him. And here's the good news. Verse 24, the one who calls you to this is faithful and he will do it. This is not about your willpower or your effort I think our constant addiction with always having a fresh start and always a clean slate and I want to do over I want to start again. I want to have the perfect batting average I want to have everything down right. Jesus says if you would stop focusing on your record and start focusing on me Watch how I change what happens through you You don't have to know everything that's going to take place in 2016 If you stay connected to the one who does know what's going to happen in 2016 Friend, as we close this morning, prayer definitely changes things. But real, authentic, a life of prayer changes you and me first. I leave you with the question are you willing to allow God to change you as you devote yourself to a life of prayer? Pastor Brady, that's good for Jesus to pray. He's the Son of God. That's good for Paul to pray. You know, he's, he's there, this, this planter of the, the early church. That's good. It's good for pastors to pray because that's their job. But hey, friends, Jesus says, every Christian, go and make some disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey the things I've commanded you. If you are a follower of Jesus, he's already said, hey, do what I'm doing. This is what he said in John 15. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. Talk to me and I will talk to you. I will tell you everything the Father has said. Paul says, whether you struggle with the greatest lists and the top ten lists and all these things or if every day of your life is the best day ever, like my wife, doesn't matter what personality you are, he says, hey, imagine if you would live in a way that you had joy all the time. Thanksgiving would come out of your lips all the time. You would be testing everything to see if this was of the Lord or not. You would have the strength of the Lord sanctifying you and filling you over and over and over. And it all is encompassed by living and continual communication with Him. Now we've prayed today. And for those who are like personalities of checking the box. Uh, that's me if you're, if you're like me. You have a hundred percent in church attendance in 2016. Not exciting. Some of you say I could care less. Well, I'll help you care. We all in this room have had a hundred percent on taking significant time in in praying corporately to the Lord together. Hundred percent. That's not what any of this is about. This is not about you going home and and coming up with a calendar in a new way that you're gonna just no no no. It's saying hey, instead of me focus on longer prayers, more wordy prayers. What if I wouldn't go more than 20 minutes without talking to the Lord? What would it look like? Here's here's another challenge I feel impressed to leave you with. As he sanctifies you through and through, this prayer should go through every area of your life. What if 2016, you didn't only pray about getting sick? Now don't misunderstand me. If you are sick, he is the divine healer. We believe in divine healing. Scripture says if there are any sick among you, to come before the mature believers to anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith and pray for healing. We believe that. That's just one part of our being. If your leg hurts, let's pray for your leg. But if your mind hurts, let's pray for your mind. If your soul hurts, let's pray for your soul. If, if what you're craving doesn't seem to be what God wants you to crave, let's pray for your cravings. What if we would... That, that would take all of our time. Guess what? You can pray when you're driving. I've seen some of you drive. I pray for you when you drive. You need to be praying when you drive. It kind of changes the way we think about this. Your Jesus, the shepherd, the best friend, your Savior, is not only here. He says, let's keep talking all year long. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessing of your presence today. Lord, I thank you that your word never comes back void. And as we hear what you put on Paul's heart, first for the Thessalonians and then now for us, I pray that you'll help us not just be stirred or not just be challenged, but Lord, would you lead us to a place of, of surrender where we say, Jesus, with your help, I want to give this a go. I want to allow this to be not just the best year ever, but but the beginning of the best rest of my life ever allowing you to lead me moment by moment thank you jesus for what you're doing not only in our midst as individuals but for us as a church It's in your name jesus i pray these things amen and amen just before you go this morning if you're here today in this conversation about talking to god and hearing from god if that's something that you would like to study more We have some discipleship groups that we just sit at the feet of jesus together and we 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 pray together We listen together. We read god's word together. It's all in 59 minutes or less If you don't know who is discipling you or if you'd like to be in a a gathering where you're just discipled by jesus together There's plenty of room Whether you're a man or a woman i'm going to be up here and carrie's going to be up here We'd love to just get your contact information to give you a formal invitation If you would like that we'd love to help you in that But regardless of where your desire is on that, I ask, don't let this verse be the end of what Jesus is going to do in your heart today. So as you take off, read on it, pray on it, chew on it. I believe you'll be satisfied with what he feeds you with. May God bless you. You're dismissed.